pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Welcome into the Rugby Pod. All four of us are here after the false start and drama of last week. I'm your host, Andy Ryan. I'm here with big Jim Hamilton and the recently released Andy Goode. Plus, Serious Chris is here with all your social media questions from the week. How are you, man? Yeah, good. Good. They're all lies. You're good. You mean you're big. No, I'm you good. Should have, that, you should okay. have said I'm big. All lies. I did not get arrested for well, stealing a cheeseburger. Well, we'll come to that. It was a Big Mac and 20 Nuggets. So get the stories <laughs> right, boys. Mate, yeah, I'm, I'm sat next to the Jim, the legend Hamilton, in the studio, back on the rugby pod, a new season, with a corona in my hand. You're welcome. I am fucking good, mate. You're welcome. We did miss you last week, and it was a shame we couldn't get off to a, a flyer, because we had so much we wanted to talk about. We did. And I apologise, but sometimes your appetite gets the better of you. It does. What did Miss Good say? Because... I listened, I, I listened back and I felt like I worried her slightly. Was she, mm. was she worried? No, she was all right. She did, she did say, I thought I brought you up better than that. She said that to us as well, actually. Oh, did she? Yeah. yeah. I said, yeah, I did. You did, Mum. And then it managed to be twisted onto Jim. Again? Yeah. Well, you, you've called her a mouth. And I do apologise for that. I, uh, and you choked, didn't you? So Andy a- Rowe poses the question... Mm-hmm. It was a slip of a tongue. I'm so sorry, Mrs. Good. You slipped your tongue, what? I don't know, but I, I got all flustered. We're, we're going to come back to you too in, in a couple of moments and uh, expect a big story because it's been uh, it's been eight weeks without without some yarns from you guys. Um, but before we get into things, we'd like to thank and introduce to you our new sponsor and friend of the pod. They're called Rugby Warfare. They're a rugby lifestyle brand selling custom designed clothing for the gym, like. T-shirts, shorts, hoodies and caps. Um, and the guys started with the idea in Wales with uh, Ross Moriarty and on, on a mission uh, to bring a bit of flair into rugby clothing and, and try and get a bit of flair into the gym. What is it, A bit gym? of flair into me? You must wear it. Jim's you, got no flair. You must want a bit of clothing for the for your workout. Have I you checked them out? I have. I'll, I'll have some clothing. It, it won't be worked out in, I'll tell you that for now. Maybe walk the dog. Maybe sweat in the house a bit. But I have seen a couple of the T-shirts, long sleeves. Any, pa- any any triple XL for me or mate? Yeah, triple XL. That'll be skin tight as well, yeah. won't it? Can you imagine? Can you imagine your cones in there, <laughs> the cone nipples. But yeah, but I've seen some of the stuff that's quite good. They're well, offering twenty five percent off for yeah. your first order. Oh yes. Oh yeah. If, if, if only if you uh, plug in rugbywarfare dot com forward slash rugbypod bargain, and then you can claim your discount. So it's been eight weeks, guys. What's been going on? Big with news. You? Big news. Really? Well, yeah, Jim and I. We're, we're, Getting married? We're, no. Oh. Cut from the same cloth, though. Cut from the same cloth. What's go, What do we say was going on in Jim's life this time last... Well, not this time last year, but last season. What's happening? What's coming up in your life, Jim? Well, what's coming up? Yeah, or massive what did, life, what did I do in my life? Massive life changes coming up. Um, two of them. Massive life changes coming up. There's two of them coming up. Well, there's two of them. Um, I've now retired. I'm, I've become... I've gone into showbiz world, so that's big news. No, it's not that. What is, what's happening to your good lady? Um, her life is coming to what might be a mother's end. We are expecting twins. Yep. Twins. Twins. Oh, you're fucked. I'm fucked. I'd like to join that club. You're having a baby. Yeah. You <laughs> Congratulations, Goody's having twins. I will, I will join that club. I am literally having twins, not personally. You're having twins as well. Carolyn, my better half. Twins on the way. 
twin girls. Oh my Identical word. girls. Someone out there, some of my listeners, please help because I haven't got a fucking clue. Congratulations. Ella Grace is 13, so we've got a ready-made babysitter. We've got twins on the way. Smart. Congratulations, four mate. new listeners. Just yep. doubled our audience. We yep. have. Congratulations. There we go. Congratulations, That's guys. life-changing. So that there it means was... no sleep. I'm acting as if, I'm congratulating as if I don't know. I knew. <laughs> Our life is over, Jim, isn't it? You know what? Talking about kids, right? So, the end of my career, I was like, I'm taking some time off. I knew the showbiz world was awaiting, and it was like stars showbiz in the rise. Showbiz world is awaiting. Well, I'm in it. I'm in it now. But you were talking about kids before, so I thought I'd take a couple of months off, two or three months off, away from rugby, away from the limelight. I, I was getting stopped in the street everywhere, so I thought I'll stay at home. I'll stay at home. I'm like, I'm going to look after the kids over the summer holiday see what it's like holy camoly tough gig isn't it I've never been so stressed in my life I couldn't believe how hard it was how really? hard is it to entertain a six year old and a four year old with a body like that it's fucking difficult mate right? I, I tell yeah. you now I was exhausted I was knackered I couldn't wait I, I actually turned around to my, my missus and said I can't stay at home anymore <laughs> I've got to go out <laughs> I've got to go out and she said Jim go out so I went out in the Mustang and I was lo- I felt there's, happy again. There's a midlife crisis, isn't there? I felt awful. Retires though. from the game, gets himself a Mustang. Yeah. Twins on the way. That's a that's a, felt, good, that's a cry for help. I know, mate. Will help because I felt awful, and I've realised now, I've got to go to work. And showbiz awaits, and I am here, everyone. <laughs> what a loser! <laughs> I'm just happy I go home every day. And it's the first time this has ever happened in my life. I go home every day, and I haven't got the biggest belly in my household. It's amazing. It must be tight. Tweet roulette. We uh, haven't had one of these for eight weeks. I haven't had an outrageous tweet from either of you. Instead of 20 questions, I'm just going to hit you with one question. The closest answer to this wins. Tommy Bell is a top point scorer after the weekend. How many points did he score? Goody. 24. Correct. Well, that's a stitch up again. It's not, mate. It's do your stats. We spoke about this before. So, chocolate fan over here, Jim. Let's think of something. Jim, you were, you know, your first year out of out of professional rugby. Now that you're, uh, you know, you, you're not a player, you have to do, you have to lot of, watch a lot more rugby. Yeah. Um, how's that going for you? You're feeling a little bit more pressure. If you want to be used as a pundit, you're no longer the current player. You're the former player. Do you have to watch a lot more? You have to do a lot more research. I do, and I probably wasn't as honest as I should have been at the end of the season because. You, you can't be. And I can now. In all honesty, I couldn't wait for the season to end. And we're giving you guys a serious answer. I was at the best club in Europe because we won the European Cup. I couldn't actually wait for the season to finish. And that's where I realised that the time was right to retire. I know a lot of lads, and we spoke about it, struggle after rugby. I'm very happy to be on the other side. And I, t- I tweeted at the weekend, tweeted a picture or Instagrammed the picture, and then Billy Vunapola sent one with, back with a long nose as if I was lying about that. But genuinely, I'm significantly easier being a supporter and a pundit and analysing games. And we went to New Zealand in the summer, and before we went, I was a bit unsure about how I'd feel about it in terms of did I want to watch any more rugby? Did I want to be in and around players and stuff? And actually, when we got there, I said to you guys off air, I loved it. I absolutely loved watching rugby again. And like I said, at the end of the season, I, I just had enough. You know, I'd had enough of the, the day in, day out, you know, the training, the pressure. I was in a lot of pain when I was playing, as you might have seen, Goody. I didn't see you play, to be honest. Did you play? <laughs> Did I play? Did you but, play? Yeah, but for me, I had a good, yeah, I know, I had a good career, very happy, and this side is significantly easier. 
but that's you know when you're a pundit or you know you're involved in media you, you have to judge unfortunately but you, you look at the season we'll probably get on to rugby look how quick the game is now I'd probably just too play quick I'd be, yeah, way too quick not quick enough for you Goody <laughs> fucking hell that is quick isn't yeah, it I, and I, I, on, I, on that yeah, on that to be fair uh, echo his sentiments he's had a great career he's done well but he knew his time was up and he was holding Saracens back wasn't he you, mm. you think about this how well did Saracens attack at the weekend they look ruthless they look sharp they look explosive absolutely everything that, is that Jim the, didn't have no no that's the, a lot of that was my idea oh okay <laughs> I've put the foundations. I've put the foundations there at Saracens to to go on and do better things. And you saw them at the weekend. They've had to sign two second rows to replace me. That's how good I was. What do you miss most about that four minutes every weekend? <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> four minutes every week. Very true. Very oh, true. I played the most minutes out of everyone. Oh, I mean, dream on. It, it, it felt like four hundred. Um, I don't miss it at all. I think that's a lie. I don't mean to be harsh. I don't agree with anyone that can say, from my own personal perspective, having a career. How many, how many years did you play? 15, 16? 15. 15 years. Um, three, year, three years less than me. I had an 18 year career, um, just to top you. But anyone that says they can have a professional career like that and then say, right now you might not miss a thing, but at some point you have to look back on it and say, you know, I missed the buzz after again. I miss my question. How do you recreate that buzz when you won the Champions Cup? When you got those thirty seconds, and then you're in the middle of every picture, <laughs> middle of every picture, celebrating, and then you're singing John the songs, Thierry. singing the songs in the in the changing room, and then you're on the smash after the game. How do you recreate that in life after rugby? Because ultimately, that's you know, winning and being part of that. It's a massive buzz. It's great. Yeah. I miss it, um, and it, I, I generally think it's worrying for me when people say they don't miss a thing about it. And I'm just saying, next like, we're mates, and I can say it to you. I think at some point you'll say, actually, do you know what? I miss that crack. I miss. Well, that, that's true. Mm. So the, the the thing that I do miss, and that's why I was talking about looking after the kids, is I miss like male interaction, being around blokes. Well, this is the thing you what? say. You say that the biggest thing on this podcast this season is the fact that we're going to hear nothing more about the size of people's pieces. I've got a, I've got a few in the locker there. Oh, there we go. I've held Good. them back. So Just in, get, in case so... season two came out. Because I was worried. You know, I'm working around, I've got a media company myself and you never know. People that, you know, the, the cameramen that I'm working with you just might get a... Just drop your kegs, boys. Just, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Show us what you're with. Trust me, that doesn't work in real life. Yeah. I've, t- I've good... tried to take that into the office environment and try... No, it doesn't. Uh, you know, let's have a look. No, uh, it's corporate world, no, not so much. Yeah. Uh, the Premiership Review. Uh, the champions have been beaten. Irish are back with a bang and uh, Wasps hit 50. What stood out for you guys? Well, I'll tell you what stood out. And I, normally I talk about the positives in rugby. But how bad... North, I know Saracens were unbelievable. Northampton's a big club, a huge club in terms of the history of the Premiership. Last time Northampton played at Twickenham against Saracens was the final that they won. They got absolutely schooled. It was like a training run. They were embarrassing, Northampton. There's big problems at that club from what you hear off the record, on the record, um, off the field, within the coaching setup and stuff like that. The players, the synergy between the players and the coaches. What stood out for me was how feeble Northampton were. And I don't say that lightly because I play for Leicester and all that stuff. And you know, I enjoy Northampton as a club. I, you know, you want to see them flourish, but my God, they got schooled. They were awful. I had a shocker as well. Did you? So uh, for Saracens, along doing the media stuff, I'm like an ambassador now for the club, do some hosting stuff. So at Twickenham, my first day out, hosting uh, some of the corporates. The big lights. The big lights. I'm at the front. 
can you be a comedian? Can you have a laugh? No, you can't. You've got to be serious. So we say, genuinely, yeah. So you can but be you got a brief. You no, 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 not really a brief. You can just be yourself, just introduce yourself. Had a couple of players up. Callum Clark came up um, and was chatting. So we did one box first and we were chatting about what I said to him, the demise of Northampton, losing Louis Pickamoles, what's happening at the club, etc., etc. Went with it. The crowd loved it. We then went into the big box where, you know, Nigel Ray was, all the owners and stuff were. Had no idea that the, the Northampton fans had the same conversation. I felt the Northampton potentially were like a bottom two, bottom three club. They lost Louis Pickamoles. There's a few issues there. Nothing too bad. I mentioned the demise. Had a bit of banter about Northampton because the last time Northampton were at Twickenham, they beat Saracens in the final. I didn't play, but they they did. Um, found <laughs> is, that, out, is that why they, they won? Well, that's why they won. Just before you came... Is that, I came, we won the double, okay, the double, yeah. double. Yeah. But then after, the standing CEO came up to me and said, bit of a problem. The directors of Northampton uh, weren't too happy with what you said. Um, well, the directors of Northampton have got a few more problems on their hands. That's what I said. And he, So we spoke at halftime, he said, I think after the game, you should go and speak to him. I said, mate, I said, I think everything that I just said, they're getting beat by 40-odd points to whatever at halftime. Good and analysis, Jim. Mate, great analysis. But they were average. What have you guys heard? Because from the outside, you could look at this and think, this could be a blip, possibly. I mean, these things happen in rugby, but you guys sound like you know a little bit more about what could be going on behind the scenes. The reality of it is it's game one. You don't want to write them off because there's some quality players in that team. But first game of the season, if you're a Northampton fan and you've gone down to Twickenham, you've paid your money, you travel down there. I mean, what's the ticket? 30, 40 quid plus travel plus... It's 100 quid probably, for a day out, for a person. Mm. Anywhere from 70 to 100 quid. That's a big bit of your entertainment dollar for anything. Exactly. And you turn up at Twickenham, and it wasn't that they were outclassed completely. It looked like they just didn't have a clue. They weren't trying. There was no heart or soul in it. And that's that's the worst. Game one of the season, to ship 40-odd points, it could have been 50 points by half-time. Well, them Northampton fans... Really, if they wanted value for money, they should have looked over at the Royal Box. I would have waved to them. <laughs> but that's the thing. That, so, you know, the, the, there's been rumours of unrest over the last few years. Obviously, they got rid of Alex King last year. It was a complete scapegoat. Um, you know, I, I just think... The coaches have had their time. It's time for change. It's time for change. Like, they need change there. Dylan Hartley, the captain, comes out after the game and says, we've been humbled. Mate, you've been humbled. You've been fucking smashed. <laughs> Like, Mas- it was a massacre. Yeah, it was a massacre. It was like me and you in that race down at Eden Park when I absolutely took the piss out. Very of you. similar. Very mm. similar to that. I don't know. About I could have run backwards and beat you. To be fair. Yeah, you could have. That was an absolute embarrassment. That was a Northampton. That's what you call. <laughs> I got Northampton. <laughs> Wasps look pretty good as well. Yeah, decent, decent, good team. So who, before we chat about Wasps, who are you following this season? I'd love to see a Wasps Leicester final. Who are you going for know? this year? What team do you want to win the most? What time? Do, what team do I want to win the most? Yeah, yeah Wasps or the Lister. Premiership. Let's go Wasps. You Oof. are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? You are. I want Wasps to win the Premiership. Okay. Why is, is that they... ridiculous? Because you're Leicester till you die. I'm, why am I Leicester till I die? I love Leicester. I played there for ten years. Well, you said it. Mate, but you, you said it. So like, where where, where are Wasps playing now? In our Coventry homes. In our Coventry you, homes. Mate, you say you're from Coventry. You're not. I you're am, posh Cov. That isn't Cov. Interestingly enough, um, I am in possession of Jim's phone. Breaking news. What's happened? Breaking news. There's a text message that's come through from a random number. Oh, gosh. Can I read this out? 
Well, I don't is it know on the it back is. of your tweet or is it? Hi, Jim. I hope you're well. It doesn't say who it is. It's just a random number. This is Mrs. Good. If you still fancy meeting up to talk about playing for Coventry this year, can you let me can you let me know when you are free? We have just lost a second row to injury for the season, so I would like to be I would be keen. Swear on my life. I swear. That. Read it. There you go. <laughs> Breaking news. Who the funk is that? Man, that's Roland Rat, mate. That's the coach. Well, you know, if it starts with a five, <laughs> what, fifty grand a year, five hundred, five hundred grand, I come out of retirement. Week, so Jim, Jim no, hang on, you can week, blame that one, mate. Week one, and I'm in demand. I mean, this mate, is just honestly, this is showbiz. Happens, this is showbiz. Happens to the best of us. Mate. I'm loving it. You get offers left, right, and centre. I am loving this. How easy? No preseason. <laughs> now you see my point. You keep keep a team up out of relegation, Newcastle. Thank you very much. Look how good Newcastle are now. Thank you. Gosh. So Wasps, very good. Mm. And London Irish. Oh. Back with a bang. Did I call it or did I not call it? Well, Jim called it, but he, he's now gutted. Because off air over the last season, Jim did say to me, he'd signed for London Here Irish. Here we go. Here we go. You did sign for London Irish, right? I didn't. But, did you sign anything on a piece of paper to say you would play for London Irish next Not year? that I can remember. Heads of terms? Potentially. There we go. And he, he was like, mate, my body's fucked. They're fucked. I ain't playing. No, no. Honest man, I could not... Well, I was saying that if Coventry come out and offer me 500 grand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't go through another season. No, no. But they were good, eh? But Jim's a bit gutted now because he thought they were going to be brutal. No, they didn't. I tipped them to win at the weekend. Last year, he thought they are going to be absolutely garbage. They wouldn't cope in the premiership. So he didn't go through on his contract. And um, they're one from one, Jim. You know what? They're, you know the difference with London Irish... What they've done. They've signed a megastar. I'm talking about the cornerstone of the London Irish team. And he's here, believe it or not. Petrus Duplessis. What I'm seeing him everywhere. What a legend. Let's give him a round of applause. Hey. Come on. Oh, Big man's man. in the house. Here he is. Is it, is it Petrus or is it... Is, is it Petrus or Borislav or Pada? Mate, what an honour being here. I was just having a burger in like a Scottish restaurant across the road. That's Mac and Wild. And your producer comes running in, says... Uh, are you Petrus Duplessis from London Irish slash Saracens, ex-Saracens? I said, yeah. Ex-double European champion, three-time championship champion. We want you on a podcast. Mm. Apparently, the legendary podcast that I've heard it is, you know, obviously, you here. Why do they call you the legend, mate? I don't no, know. Hey, talk uh, about he, he calls himself When you the say legend. they, he calls himself yeah, the legend. Can I just if you're Hang a on. legend, mate, I must be a saint or something. Well, listen to this. So I ring Para after the game. I say, Para... You, I'm seeing you everywhere, like absolutely everywhere. I said, you're all over the media, like everyone's talking about uh, uh, Petra Stupacy against London Irish, and this is what he says. He says, have you heard Floyd Moneyway Mayweather say when you're talking boxing, you're talking Mayweather? He's like, when you talk London Irish, you're talking Petra Stupacy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. I love it. I love it. But, but something down that lines, you know, when I left Saracens, you know, that with, with, at Saracens it was always like humility and everything. I, I left Saracens, and you must be the same. I, you know, I just became a narcissist. Man, I've, why? I've just become literally like showbiz. I, can't I, I tell you why. It's because I know maybe in a couple of years all this is gone, and you know you just got to fend for yourself. What's what, what's life like for you two? Having well, twins, both of you twins on the way, 
having to scrape by on on on, on mate, showbiz money. Uh, mate, I, I, I say it's, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's not easy you have to, at all. You have to sleep on a yes. on a blow up bed with a cat <laughs> cat food next to you. If you and Pero, what, under what, the weird fish row. What happened to your face, mate? You you, you look pretty smashed. Mate, that's up. a bit harsh. Yeah, not that I, mean, I mean, it's not that ugly, mate. We've had a, we've had a fantastic weekend. We, I mean, we we you know obviously now I'm in London Irish and I'm loving it there and. We've had a big game at Twickenham against Harlequins, and it, it was a fantastic atmosphere. And we've played Harlequins actually two, three weeks before that uh, game, and we sort of knew what was coming. But it was, it was, it was physical. It was tough. It was fast. And you know, my tender age, I had to keep up. And unfortunately, one of my own players um, in a, in Iraq, his his, his legs like a flying swinging boot so to say when he was clearing someone out and it hit me straight in the face so it looks like I've done 12 rounds with Jim Mayweather yeah. oh well <laughs> Jim Hamilton sponge fist Hamilton what are you about I was going to say when you stopped playing with Jim you would have probably thought that you, you were clear of those stray boot clumsy feet big size 14 boots Man, I gave, don't say that I gave Parra I pushed behind him in the scrums of the cows come home I gave him a life how does his arse <laughs> let's, let's talk about the size of his arse how does that smell mate it's big is it big mate he's got a hey you're asking what you, big sweaty arse is it he's got big nuts though has he really massive when you put your arm through and under you like you could just little, fit, you, you cut the tea yeah, bags so, so when you go no no the, hang on a second I think you need under. big balls to play tight head proper of course you do yeah but, not you the, do. Yeah, but that's figuratively or is it not or is it maybe the opposite no. I don't know either way I put my arm through and then like they were that big they're I could tickling feel, your bicep yeah they're like I could feel them on biceps so you're saying his bollocks are bigger than your biceps well it kind of filled up my whole kind of long forearm I will look at you in a different light now thank you thank you but I'm going to ask a serious question yeah like if that's okay it's fine so, Paddo, you've gone to London Irish. Yes. Okay. They've sold you the dream. Yeah. Dream's half a mil, yeah. Carry on. Yeah. So, they've they sold you a lot of money. <laughs> they've sold you because Paddo basically drives a five-litre BMW. So, you commute every day from St. Albans. And so, what we said, it would actually that work... M- that M25 is nasty, isn't it? It, it is work, ridiculous. We said it would work out cheaper for him to get towed every day, for him to break down <laughs> the M25... <laughs> And get towed down the M25. But, mate, you've gone there and done well. We've established that. But what was it about London Irish, Brendan Venter, Nick Kennedy, that sold you the dream? Or, or spoke no, you think, about the dream? You know, Half a million dreams? No, <laughs> definitely not. Um, I think, I think you know, I, I spent the best part of eight seasons at, at Saracens, and it was fantastic. And, uh, you know, you, you're probably going to talk about it later, but Vincent Koch and, and Juan Figolo and, you know, the youngsters coming through at Saracens. Um, it's inevitable that, you know, you might have to take that step back and, you know, let the young flourish. And we had this, I had a very honest conversation with Mark McCall in the same time I had a conversation with Brendan Fenter and obviously they talk a lot as well. So between us three, you know, I, th- I thought a new challenge, London Irish, um, and it, it's been phenomenal because, you know, although you say, you know, I get up at five o'clock, five 30, I'm in the road, M25, start at seven, um, you know, three or four times and in pre-season it was five oh, times a starts week at seven o'clock in the morning Training. yeah so no breakfast and then you go of into your breakfast they took me off the triple sausages now so <laughs> um so and 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 you know when i spoke to brendan he, he told me the culture that they want to build there the, what the vision you know is for the next few years building up and i was under brendan when you know 2010 when it all started for saracens and that culture you know i can see his hand, you know, is 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 turned London Irish into that similar culture with the guys, and the guys are, you know, phenomenal guys, and they 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 there to learn a lot, and they spend a lot of time with each other, and they want to build that togetherness, and 
you you could see it when we were playing on on the weekend. They were playing for each other, and I don't want to sound like it's a cliche or whatever, but it's a, it feels a little bit like you know those early stages of Saracens, and we only got stronger. And same with London Irish. I think they've got the right coaching staff. They're young, enthusiastic, um, and they make training fun. Preseason was very tough, but they made it fun, and the guys That's came out the other no, side. No preseason is ever fun. I'll tell you. That I, I agree with you. I did you know. eighteen or seventeen. <laughs> yeah, you were at the back of everything. That was why. <laughs> but at least we weren't running four hundreds, two hundreds, one hundreds. We were doing like fun games. Stuff. Of, yeah, we yeah, were enjoying ourselves, and you know, luckily the sun was out, and like you know, after training, they bring a box of magnums over, and we'll all sit there eating ice cream. So life was good, you know. And so, so Brendan, it. Brendan's DNA is all over that squad. I would say so, yeah. But now disgusting. you know the coach. That's absolutely disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> the coaches, the coaches now bring their own sort of version to to what they want to bring and what they want to bring to the game plan. And um, I think you know, I said it in the newspapers uh, the week. Oh no, last- no, of course you did. Of course you did. When you're talk- when you're talking London Irish, you're talking <laughs> Petrus Dupacy. Paratime. <laughs> Come on, stop it, stop it. Okay, say that again. Um, and 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 I said, you know. Look at the first game. We we we're not going to just be there to fill the numbers and, and make up the twelfth team. People will put us at twelfth for the end of the season because that's what naturally happens. But remember the time when you know when Saracens had a change. They they were in the Premiership final. I'm not saying we're going to be in a Premiership final, but I will say is we're going to be competitive. And I think if we work hard for each other and we're competitive each week, then we've achieved. Oh, that, that's the thing goal. about that that performance at the weekend. It wasn't a fluke at all. It wasn't no. like you go back to last year the doubleheader when Bristol played Quinns and Bristol nearly beat Quinns. They got a couple of intercepts. They, you know, rode their luck. You dominated Quinns for the majority of that game. Well, in fact, for the whole game. So what, you, you can tell it wasn't a fluke and that puts so much pressure now on teams like Worcester. You know, because that battle, you know, Worcester are going to be down there. You look at the squad, they're going to be down there. You look at Northampton, I think they might struggle. All those teams now are thinking, geez, there's no easy game. There's no London Welsh, there's no Bristol's. It's going to be a war every week. Um, and that's the thing, I, I, I yeah. think it's great. Well, I, I actually I actually thought London Irish would win. I think having spoken to to Power and a couple of the guys there, and again, yeah, I spoke to the coaches about going there last year and what they were looking to do wasn't you signed a deal. You didn't just speak to them. You signed well, a deal. Mate, they wanted, <laughs> hey. But let me just tell you, you know, they signed. You went back on a deal, turn coach. Philo Paolo, he's your height. He's got. 30 kilograms of muscle on you so he's there right, ready man. to play still so he's still to come in Franco van der Merwe you see. know he is phenomenal the work ready is you know what I heard insane I heard so when he we signed. don't actually miss you Jim but know, thanks the for thinking yeah. about us I heard when Franco van der Merwe signed Nick Kennedy was running around Hazelwood which is the London Irish training ground Singing, thank fuck, we didn't I get bet. Jim no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's going around there of course he's chip mate what a void to fill. No. Do you know what I mean? But in all seriousness, I'm really happy for London Irish because we haven't been a fan of Bristol's, have we? Because of the way that they've done Bristol's. business. You know, the, the kind of mass signings that, that they've they've gone and brought in. You look at the signings that London Irish have made, really astute signings in terms of culture first. And culture's an easy word that people are banding about and everyone talks about the Saracens culture and the culture here and Leicester's old culture. Is the Saracens culture that great or is it a myth? I would say that it's... Over-egged? I wouldn't say it's over-egged. I w- what I would say, though, is that you need to establish a culture early doors. What London Irish have done in terms of getting good people in the room. So good people who are committed to the cause and basically aren't dickheads. Hence, so, hence why Jim and I didn't pull on the Irish shirt ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, you know, you talk about culture. How do you create a culture? we got 
good drink. fundamental drink. values. Yeah, drink, 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 drink. Mm. drink. We didn't go to we didn't go to the to the Alps to ski or to Miami or to wherever. You know, we went to Bournemouth for preseason, and it was raining, and they had this water day on for us where we could ski and everything. It was so choppy, like they couldn't bring the boats nearer to the coast. We had to swim to the boat. Got in the boat. The old hidden fitness, I like did, that. Did two laps outside, just outside the harbour and came back and it was minus two. Hung like squirrels when you <laughs> came back. Who came back big? Who and, came back big? And we, we, got off the, we got off the boat and we were looking at each other and we're going, well, we don't care. We just, we know we're spending time with each other. And once we get on that bus, we're going to crack open a case of beers and then the party's going to start. And we're going to have a couple of days on it. And then we're going to go back in a few days after that. And Era. we're going to train harder than ever. And that is a culture starts there. Let's look at uh, who the transfers over the off season. Who did bad transfer business? Who did bad transfer business? I don't think, well, Northampton didn't do enough for me. You enough. lose, you lose your- Francis. You lose your best player, Louis Pickamol, and you've replaced him with who? I don't, Mitch Eady is their next number eight. He was good at the weekend. He, as yeah, well. he's got injured, but he was playing Championship rugby last year. Yeah. So you want to improve, and what teams do year on year is they perceive to sign players that are going to improve their squad. And I, I can't see Piers Francis. Yes, he'll play ten or twelve. You know, you know what, right? The best clubs, right, do business early. Mm. So Exeter. There's not a wholesale of changes. No. They're bringing Kvesic. The deal's done early. Mm. The squad's settled. They know where they're going. Saracen's the same. Get rid of Jim. Get rid of Jim. Wasps, the same. Business is done early. Leicester, the same. These deals, are, the clubs that struggle with this dreaded word culture, everything's mm. done late. Yeah. It's a rush. Gloucester, get rid of Johnny May in like, literally a week before the season, bringing in Ed Slater. You know, like Northampton losing Pickamoles at the end of the season, like the deal goes through. So... The best clubs, business done early because they've got a sustained culture. Yeah. They've got, they've, they've got, they've got people that want to sign for them. People want to sign. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. So people want to sign for these clubs if it's done early. You know, they've got the wealth of academy players coming through and you look at the, the teams that either haven't done business early or they've done it late, mm-hmm. they're going to struggle. Perry, it's probably hard for you to say, but yeah. who, who are you ranking as your top four at the end of the season? End of the season, it's a tough, tough one. I think <clears throat> similar to last year, you might have Wasps, Saracens, Exeter, and it all depends how... Leicester, in that order Leicester, or not? Leicester, no, not in that order. That's just my top four in a particular order. Uh, Leicester might be up there. Um, London Irish. Where, do, where do you think <laughs> London Irish will finish? And I'm going to tell you where I think. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you who, what, what I, I, I think I believe. I wouldn't want to put this... I wouldn't want to do this publicly to say where London Irish is going to finish because I honestly think we'll be competitive. And all I'm going to say is we are not going to be fighting for that one or two points at the bottom. That's what I think. That, that, to me, that says eighth, pushing for seventh, and that playoff. End well, of, I can't, I can't really say. Well, you know, it's a very difficult have, question. Have you, I mean, have you set go- as, a, as a team? Have you? No, we didn't do you goals. Set goals. No, you we don't set, set goals. goals. No, week by week by week. You set goals. Um, but you know, the coaches do a fantastic job by going week by week, looking at the game the following, you know, the week before for the following week and just working like that. And we're all about, you know, working towards the values that we have, but one of them might, you know, is, is, is work rate. And I think they just want to see work rate. I don't think they talk about scores ever, anything like that. It's, it's, it's just embedded now that that is expected of you and that's what we want to see. I, I think actually you talk about London Irish and you talk about the coaching setup. 
and the structure of it. And then with Brendan Venter overseeing it, I'm a massive believer now in the old school coaches, their time's done. The game has moved on so fast over the last three or four years. A lot of these young coaches, now you look at Alex Anderson at Saracens, you look at a lot of other younger coaches. Jordan Murphy did really well at Leicester last year. Guys that have recently retired get the game, get the lads, get the understanding of what goes on in the changing room. So a lot of coaches just think it's their way of the highway, and I think that's an issue at Northampton, perhaps with Dorian West. A lot of the younger coaches are ones that know the positions you're asking players to put themselves into mm. in terms of training, in terms of lifestyle, in terms of culture. And because they did it a few years before, they understand what you, how far you can and can't push. Yeah. So I think the, the coaching set up there with Declan Danaher, obviously Nick Kennedy, Paul Hodgson, I think Paul Hodgson's going to be a brilliant coach. We've got Charlie Hodgson now as well. Yeah, Charlie's the kicking coach, isn't he? So um, I think it's a brilliant setup. Young coaches. I think, I think a lot of the, the coaches are very approachable. So, for example, a lot of the players who's got a lot of experience, whether it's, it's the line-out, the kicking game, defence, you know, attack, scrums, whatever... They had a few guys or players who they reckon is, is leaders in those fields, right? And they sit down with them and they say, right, okay, well, listen, you know, what can, what can you bring to the table? What have you seen in the past? Where do, what do you think works? And the coaches are approachable in a way that they take, your, you know, take you on board with what you're saying and then, you know, putting it back into the team and they're leading that. Mm. So that, for me, is the way to coach. Someone who's just at the top, bossing everything, who's played... 10, 15, 20 years ago, it's probably not that good idea anymore. Yeah, dictator's no good. Yeah. All right, Petrus, well, thank you so much for coming in. I know you've got a busy schedule of uh, training to get back to, and uh, and you've got Mac and Wild waiting across the road for oh. you. Uh, you we'll, so, so we're going to let you go. We'll just thank finish. you so much. I mean, it's a massive pleasure to be here. I need to get back down there. I've got a half a burger, cold chips waiting for me, um, and a salad course so thank you very much you're welcome so again so when you're speaking london irish you're speaking jim hamilton could have been there <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much guys Cheers, Cheers, uh, while we were um off air earlier i got you both to jim and andy right down your top four um andy you've got wasps saracens tigers and exeter in that order Jim, Saracens, Leicester, Wasps and Exeter, so you're both picking the top four. Yeah. Who do you guys think are, are going to get relegated? Because we're going to re, uh, we're going to revisit this in, in May. Who, yeah, who, who's going down? <laughs> go on. Just you know you know it. Off the top of here. Okay, well, I, cha- okay, I changed. Okay, so before, I changed at the weekend. Go yeah, on, I'd, I'd go. As well. Before the weekend, I'd have, hand on heart. I'd have said London Irish. Now who you got? I'm going Worcester. Whew. Worcester. There's reported problems financially in terms of the the owner. Uh, Greg Allen son of Dave Allen Dave Allen being the D and DHL so they've got plenty of cash they're looking to sell the club uh, apparently so there's that whole thing who guards their best player he's not going to be there for a while they're perennial relegation battlers I've, have you, I've got a bottom three go on then I want to, I want to share go that go on son I was going to say this sounds absolutely ridiculous I don't know whether I should say it say, it. say it I thought the bottom three was going to be between Worcester Sale and Northampton. Wow. Yeah. So my bo- my bottom three is Worcester for relegation. Worcester. Northampton second from bottom. Saints. Oh, I feel bad. I'm going to say Irish. Irish. So just because I think Sale have got enough armory attacking wise, the new artificial pitches. But I think Worcester, Northampton, I think Quinn's are going to struggle as well. Yeah, I do as well. It's well, definitely a two tier league now. There you go. You said it. Mm. 
Well, you've probably had enough of hearing from us. It's now time to hear from you. And the voice of you is serious, Chris. Um, first of all, Andy, before we get to the rugby, there, there are some listeners who want to know that your mum's doing well. She's good. She's good. She's forgiven me. She's at my house right now. She picked Ella Grace up from school today. Ella Grace's first day back at school, so she's okay. The goddess. The goddess. <laughs> that, that tweet was from Jim Hamilton. Okay, cool. We'll move on she's to rugby. Not a <laughs> um, Jim, she's 64. The queen. She's 64, you're wronging. Um, with 50 tries in the weekend, is the Prem in danger of coming super touch? That's from Simon Hudd. Tell you what, it is like super touch. You see these high tackle things that we're getting? Oh, oh my. He had a stinker, didn't he? I banged Pierce. the tweet out to can. What's he doing? Pierce had an absolute stinker as a referee yesterday. Yeah, that was embarrassing. Gar- Garvey's one was abysmal. But aren't they I just given. It. It's tickled his armpit or something. Aren't they just it's given a mandate to doesn't matter. black and white? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Well, it does. It's your job. No. You've got to rule on exactly no, what you're told. It's consistent. It's not a high tackle. No. Well, that's by definition. Yeah, I thought that was a bit embarrassing. And it, you don't want to go too safety conscious. And I hate players saying all the games gone soft and all that stuff. But some of those yellow cards, you know yes, what? They were ridiculous. You know what? Okay, and I'm going to put it out there. So you're talking about a dangerous tackle, and now neither of the two that I'm going to talk about are necessarily dangerous because I love putting in a bigot. <laughs> Hold on, let's just let's just listen to that again. You watch him. I loved watching smashing someone put in a big, Yeah, you love watching someone put in a big So Motu, okay, I think I've got his name right. The, the reserve hooker for Gloucester comes yeah. on at the weekend, puts a monster hit in on Steenson. Steenson has to go off with a HIA. He tackled him with his head. He tackled him with his head. For me, how much more dangerous is that tackle yeah. than Garvey Belly? Do you know what I mean? Mate, <laughs> completely g- g- agree. G- genuine. Yeah. Manu, mm-hmm. Manu puts a big shot in, the ball knocks forward, it's a big hit. Great shot. How much more dangerous is that tackle yeah. than Fotolini's? So people are giving it big and to me, oh, you know, play. if you were to ask one of the players what they think about that, was that a high shot? They wouldn't even know. No. They've been tickled. Yeah. They've been, like, no one's bothered. That's what they're calling super rugby now, super tickle. So there you go, you talk about super touch. Super tickle. Super, super tickle. <laughs> super touch. <laughs> super bloody tickle, mate. <laughs> no, We're playing no, super no. bloody tickle. Um, um, but no, it's great. Attacking rugby. And we, Jim, you, you did the punditry on Friday night for the for BT Sport Gloucester against Exeter. I think start of the season, everyone's really attack-minded. Um, weather's good, pitches are firm, all that malarkey. I think everyone forgot to do any defence over pre-season. You know, Wasp's mantra is, we'll, you know, you score four, we'll score six. You know, and they, they win 50 points to 35 or whatever it was, conceded five tries. You don't win a league by conceding five tries regularly, but ultimately, they, you know, when they scored 50 points, everyone wants to see tries, everyone wants to see ball in hand, and you know, Dan Robson scored four. Sarri's ripped um, Northampton to shreds, didn't they? Northampton looked... I tweeted, have Northampton even got a defensive coach? Because literally, you couldn't see any system there, you couldn't see any players. Shout Brits runs on his own on a short line off the ruck... No one touches him. And it, there's six Northampton defenders in and around that area. Shout Brits, bloody good player. Northampton, have a look at yourself. Paul. You mentioned a few individuals there. We've spoken a lot about teams. You mentioned Robson and, uh, and Shout Brits already. Who did you think was the standout performers, individuals, on the weekend? Again, without being too Saracens heavy. Oh, so boring, mate. Well, I, I've got a few. Uh, I've got less, a few. I'm, I'm not going to go too for six detail. years. Vincent Cop. How good was he as a tight head uh, prop? Has, has he got a squirrel? <laughs> oh, he, he he'd, changed, have a, he'd have a ginger bush. He as well, wouldn't he? No, he was bold as a coot, mate. <laughs> bold as a coot, changed opposite me. What powerful running, great player. Blair Cowan, huge hits. 
Hell of a bush. Um, <laughs> mate, <laughs> up top bush. and downstairs mate, as well. Yeah, proper bush. Upstairs, how, how good yeah, was he? Yeah. He's, he's, he's a great player. He was at Worcester when I was there. Oh, how many years ago was that? Five years ago. He was playing that well then at Worcester. And Richard Hill, you know, you talk about Petra Stupacy, talking about old school coaches that played 20 years ago. Richard Hill didn't rate him. I'm like, he's our best what, back he, row. What, Hillbilly? Yeah, Richard <laughs> the Cowboy Hillbilly. Um, but but yeah. yeah, he was unbelievable, Blair Cowan. Yeah, so I'm going to go them two. I'm going to go Vincent Cock and Blair Cowan. We've all seen about Scott Britt's world class, but the two players under the radar were them two for me. Uh, d- defensively. Priestland. Yeah, I did. Priestland's kickoffs were made a huge difference. And we talk about little individual, and this is what Saracens are so good at. Something like a kickoff, everyone just thinks, oh, it's just a kickoff, just kickoff chase and whatever. He was on the money time after time, and they, they got three turnovers from his long kickoff. Rocket Aguni chasing like the clappers, getting the tackle five metres from Leicester's line, turn the ball over. That makes huge differences in swings of momentum in a game. Um, and that's what the top teams do well. That's why. The All Blacks are the best team generally because they do those things repetitively time after time and other teams you know, aren't as good at that. All right, last one from Tom Dyson. Um, which players used to go full Hatton and put on the most weight in the off-season? Yes, please. Yes, please. Self-nomination. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used to put a couple of kilos on every now and again over pre-season, before pre-season. How many kilos did you put on, Goody? Like what, what six. Was, I think six was my best effort. And would, how quickly would you lose it? Would you lose it? I didn't ever lose it. I just kept growing. So six kgs, you, was that when you were at Leicester? I went from a ton to 106. One year. At Leicester? Yeah. Was that when we did hill runs at Bradgate Park? I remember this one, I was a young lad at Leicester, and you and Tom Varndale, Dorsey, were there. Good you, story on him. I'll save the story for next week. But. You, you've put on a lot of weight, and we were doing hill runs. I remember Cockers made you take your top off. Belly out to everywhere. Run, your bellies are running out, like <laughs> hanging out everywhere. You literally could have done with a bra. <laughs> up and down the hills. So we're going up and down the hills. And I thought Goody was that far behind that he's had to stop. Goody's won all of the hill runs. Tits hanging out everywhere. <laughs> Tom Vandale was there, ripped to shreds at the back. And uh, yeah, I thought you there we there. go. There you go. That's how you do it. You used to be able to run. Not so much anymore, gents. I want to touch on the Women's Rugby World Cup. Oh, you're 2017. Kiwi coming out again, isn't he? No, not just not just the result, New Zealand winning, but the fact that 2.6 million viewers tuned into it. Um, were you guys surprised by how how much viewers it got, or like how big it has got, or do you think that maybe it's still underrated and it should have got a lot more, and it should there should be more done to promote women's rugby? I mean, I in reality, the World Cup final was on prime time TV on a Saturday night, ITV. Not ITV 2 or 4 or whatever. It was on ITV on a Saturday night. 2.6 million viewers. I think it's great for the game. Haddinger not have been in the final. You're never getting that. You're never getting those numbers. You're never getting it on primetime TV. But the fact that the two best teams were there, the game's growing immeasurably. What I will say, and a lot of people have said, oh, you know, the England women should get paid the same as the men and stuff like that. And people are going to make those comments, which I think are crazy comments because ultimately it's driven by... The game is driven by sponsorship, ticket sales, TV rights. TV rights, all that stuff. It's brilliant that the women's game's growing, but what I'd, what you wouldn't want to see is it getting too far ahead of itself, trying to create a professional league that doesn't get the take-up, and then the game falls by the wayside. So it's just continual building for me, which I think it, it 100% has gone through the roof in terms of the growth over the last four years, but it needs to 
be sustainable. That's the key thing. I think the players will probably just be prefer to be paid before they start comparing themselves to what other people get paid in other leagues. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the whole whole thing about women's sport, isn't it? You, you talk about the same in tennis and stuff, and it is one of them subjects where, for me personally, I think it is great for the game of rugby that it's growing. You've got the women that are there; they're successful, they're good, they're good players. I've met a few of the girls. Emily Scarrett, really nice girl, mm. and they're extremely driven as well. But yeah, it's. It's one of them where rugby does seem to be growing, not just around the world, but also into the women's game. Goody, you've got Ella Grace. Did she watch it? Did she? Did it pick up her interest? Do you yeah. think it's going to take hold with younger girls? It, it did. She she had a, a watch of it. And obviously the, the whole country got behind. And you see some of the tweets and you see some of the media coverage that it got. I thought it was great. Um, has Ella Grace said to me now she wants to play rugby? No, she hasn't. Um, she loves lacrosse and netball. And they, there isn't that... Unless I take her to a rugby club to join, they don't play it at school. So it's not something that they can do without making a massive commitment to go and do it. And she yeah. plays a lot of other sports. But uh, no doubt, the, the interest levels went up. The, the big challenge is now the follow-through post-World Cup to see if that you can generate numbers playing it and also the interest and you know the continual sort of media presence and coverage of it because that's ultimately how to grow the game. Let's go on to the good, the bad and the ugly. We've probably covered most of it, uh, but you might want to whip through it, Goody, and, and let us know what we've missed. Yeah, really quickly. The good, we talked to touch on Saracens, how great they were. Shout Brits. Um, undoubtedly, the way they attack Saracens, Jim's definitely been holding them back over the last few years with his presence in the team. So Foundation. It was great to see them spreading their wings and no donkeys like Jim running up the middle, dropping the balls. So Saracens, really good. <clears throat> Mentioned to Bath, their first win at Welford Road in 14 years. Did really well. I still haven't mentioned, actually, we didn't talk about it. George Ford's misconversion. Really easy conversion from Johnny May's try. Average player. Um, I know you're not a fan, Jim, but, you know, if he gets that conversion, then they score the next try. They're then two points down, and they get a penalty right at the death that he could have kicked then to win the game. So, smart, fine margins, but credit to Bath for winning there. Wasps, I mean, they're just amazing, aren't they? 50 points at the, at the Rico. They conceded nearly 30. No one comes to the Rico and wins these days, do they? Saracens. They got dusted there last year. So Wasps, they were pretty good. But we've had big Petrus Duplessis and everyone thought, bar Jim, Irish were going to get humbled at the weekend. They didn't. It was a complete performance. It wasn't a lucky rock up, get a couple of intercepts and scrape a victory. For me, they dominated large parts of the game. So the good this week goes to London Irish. Boom. Again, a better team for not having Jim Hamilton. Say what you want. (laughs) (laughs) The bad. um, Worcester. They were pretty garbage, weren't they? Up in the tune, they got smashed. On that, we think Ben Teo's broken his arm. There's a chance that he's going to be out for a while. So that's Nasty pretty injury, bad. breaking your arm. Racing 92. Uh, they lost, they've lost their first two games in the top 14. Racing 90 poo. Racing, we'll call them that now. Racing 90, 90 poo. poo. They've lost their first two games. Lost to Agen, who are favourites for relegation at the weekend. Uh, pretty bad. Quinns, they just look like they took Irish lightly. They look like they had a bit of that Quinn swagger about them. I looked through that team and I didn't see a lot from any of the big stars. You know, you, and you talk about the Nick Evans effect. Nick Evans, bar myself, obviously, has been the best 10 in the Premiership over the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll rephrase that. Nick Evans has been the best 10 in the Premiership consistently over the last 10 years. And they take him out of the team and then they put Marcus Smith, who undoubtedly is going to have a massive career. He's a ridiculously talented 18-year-old. But you've gone from the most experienced player to a kid making his debut at 10 for me, that's a ridiculous decision to start him in that first game. Premiership. You've got Catrick on the bench, yeah. Mate, put him on the bench. Yeah. 
Why rush him at this first game, 18 just years Just on his off? A-levels. He was out on the smash in wherever. Where's he from? Guildford. Mate, he's still got teenage spots. <laughs> he looks young 18 as well, doesn't he? He does look a young 18. Like, for, for me, whatever team, put him on the bench first yeah. game. But there you go. Um, so Quinn's pretty bad. The South African teams, they got tanked in the Pro 14. But there's only one team to go for this, year, this, this week in terms of the bad. It's those Northampton Saints. Lucky to not be in the ugly. Well, yeah, it was embarrassing. 38-point deficit at half-time. It's the most in any Premiership game since 2008 that a team's been behind. And you think of London Welsh have been in the Premiership, I think, twice since then. And one year they didn't win a game. And they, didn't, they weren't losing by more than 38 points at half-time in any of those games. So you put that puts that into perspective. That was a pretty poor show from Saints. So this week, the bad, unfortunately, goes to Northampton Saints. And the ugly, we just go to one quick game in... Uh, in France, it was pretty ugly. Two scenes. Anthony Tuitavaki for Racing against Agen. The old tip tackle off the ball, speared him into the ground, falls flat on his head, red card, straight red. But for me, the ugliest thing I've seen on a rugby field for a while, Ricky January, and he makes me look slim. He's a beast. Well, he, I've not even seen this. What's this? Well, he stamps on uh, one him off, right on the neck, off the ball, one him off on the floor, looks at him, just stamps on him. Why? Horrible, horrible scenes. But he got a yellow card, should have been a red. Um, he got a yellow card and Fotolini tickled someone and got a yellow card exactly. it's a absolute joke exactly so there we go so the ugly this week not only because he's not he is pretty ugly himself um, he's short he's fat he's the way he is Ricky January for the stamp on one M off snack thank you very much Gertie that is the good the bad the ugly what's been good what's been bad and what's been ugly in rugby this week um, just quickly we're going to touch on uh, the rugby pod X Factor so we've actually had a few uh, tapes uh, for a super fan to join the pod uh, but we need more, so send them into Fred, who is the boss. Uh, Fred, who? yep, he's here today. Who's so Fred? He's here, so mind your language. Fred at therugbypod.com. And um, we're going to invite the best along to our first live show of the season, which is going to be on 21st of September. Um, so get them in. Um, but before we go, Jim, have you got something that you want to share? Well, I'm going to look now. So basically... To recap, Coventry have asked me to come out of retirement to play mm-hmm. for them for 500 grand a year. Off the back of? Well, 100% this is off the back of. Tweet relate? I think so. Read out the tweet, Jim. Well, I've, there's a lot of engagement. So I... You're welcome. How many more followers have <laughs> you got? <laughs> <laughs> what have you got there? Mate, big news. With George Cruz picking up an ankle injury, ruling him out for four months, I'm back and have signed a six-month deal for Saracens. How many, how many likes? Matt, I've got 25 retweets, 164 likes, and 27 messages. <laughs> Mate, the people want you back. They are demanding. Jim, the melted wheelie bin, gets his no tits out in the premiership. So, Philippa Andrews, that's the autobiography on hold. The melted wheelie bin returns. How many times can you go to the well? Hashtag melted candle. <laughs> I mean, these people are so positive, it's ridiculous. <laughs> This is ridiculous, but I, th- I thought I was better than this. I thought people would like celebrating. There's a chance. Oh, remember to follow us on Twitter <laughs> and follow the boys on Twitter and uh, make sure you subscribe to us on the podcast as well. Thank you very much for listening and thank you very much for coming along. Pod, pod, pod. pod season pod, two, pod. season two, season two, season two. Season two.